0: Canucks Central Monday. It's Dan Richo and Satyarsha Shaw here in the Kintex studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. You want to be a part of the show? You can. 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. If you are listening live, text us with a comment, question, or otherwise. Chirps are welcome, too. Occasionally here on uh, Canuck Central. They're welcome, uh, but slightly frowned upon. <laughs> Just don't ask Sat about Chelsea or the Cleveland Browns this weekend. Just,
1: why'd you bring that up? I didn't even think about them once today, honestly. Like, I felt pretty good today, Dan. It was like 4 p.m. I was like, you know, I, I let the, the anger seep through me over the weekend. And this morning I woke up, I got a good workout in, I even had an afternoon nap. I yep. felt pretty
0: good. You turned the page. I did. I turned the page. I felt great. And now you brought it up. Yes. Why did you have to do that? I mean, I let you off the hook all weekend. I didn't text you at all about it. So now I just feel like I had to. I had to let it out. Get the fire started for a Monday. Canucks I just don't Central. understand how
1: you don't show up. I <laughs> <He> didn't <laughs> had, say anything off air either. He was like, as soon as the show starts, like I'm I gonna mean, get into the it. Chelsea matches. I don't understand. Like yes. they absolutely like, and then the Browns. <laughs> I might be able to be. I might be the the third string yes. quarterback in Cleveland at this point. Like every quarterback's getting injured is ridiculous.
0: So what's more, uh, who's more triggered right now? Satyar Shah over his uh, Chelsea Blues and uh, the Cleveland Browns having a tough weekend, or Canucks fans after losing to the San Jose Sharks? Maybe even Rick Tockett after losing to the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, maybe Rick Tockett. I will say. I
1: mean, I, I even I didn't feel good after the Sharks game because yeah. it's like. You know, you cover the team. You, you know, you want to see them win more games. You so just
0: lost it, to a team who had three wins.
1: Yeah. Did it make for as fun a post game show as I no. wanted? Um, but yeah, the head coach, none too pleased. Like, and even in the moment, we heard it after the game against the Sharks where it was, I mean, he didn't bury them. Yes. But he essentially said, I mean, you didn't
0: respect your opponent. Yeah. Playoff teams don't do this, this sort of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, The thing is, when a coach says it, it gives credence to everyone else to feel a certain way about how the team played. And I actually think, on average, the players and coach have generally been more critical of their performances than the fan base has when the Canucks have laid an egg. The odd time or two so far this season. Because, yes, through their 22 games, they have been – Very, very good. But, you know, it came after, you know, he patted them on the back Friday night against the Seattle Kraken and basically said, everybody's waiting for us to start sucking. (laughs) You know, everybody's waiting for the wheels to fall off, and they haven't yet, and we keep playing well. And then that Saturday game, it's something he's kind of seemed to guard against for most of this season, Sat, where them falling into bad habits, you know, respecting their opponent, thinking they could turn it on late in the third period and find a way to win, uh, those types of things. He said it after the the Philly game, their first loss of the year. So you know these, these are certainly... It's nothing new with yeah. Rick Tockett to see the way that he has managed this team. But it's hard to be so critical of a team that's as good as they've been through 22 games on the whole just played 10 games in 17 game 17 days and went 5 and 5 through that record but or through those games which is pretty good considering the the small amount of rest but you can't just say that and be like oh they're okay 5 and 5 through this stretch you can't just say that and then not really look into why they aren't having as much success as they did earlier because bottom line is they're not playing as well. So what is falling apart a little bit right now with this team? I think it's pretty simple actually.
1: Elias Patterson doesn't look like Elias Patterson. And I think that makes a big difference up front for this team. I mean, and he's been still been sensational all year. It's yeah. not to diminish his overall contribution this year, but right now Elias Patterson isn't driving play the way we're accustomed to seeing, seeing him doing. And when he's not at his even average level, and it's not that he's been bad, he just hasn't been at his, you know, real even average to higher end, let let alone high end. And I think that makes a big difference for this team. And then you compound that with the fact that at five on five, the, the JT Miller line hasn't been able to generate as much as they would want to mm-hmm. recently. And they've had tough matchups. So that's the give and take. When you play that matchup role, there will be you know stretches where your production is going to lag. And I think they've kind of run into some issues here, figuring out who the third guy on that line is going to be. Phil Giuseppe. His game has called has has really tr- tailed off a bit, and I think it's with how teams are playing them often. But the coach didn't spare him t- today either when he mentioned, you know, his his game has tailed off a little bit. And yeah. he's not playing at the level that we we've seen. Hasn't made a decision yet, but he's not going the way he can go. Got to be more of that forechecking guy. Besser for has 15 goals, and I think to some extent, when you have 15 goals, we should just kind of not say anything. <laughs> it's like you lead the league in goal scoring. Yes, right? but nonetheless, five on five, they haven't really gotten loose recently. But it all kind of comes down to. If that's going to be your matchup line, the Pedersen line has to, at the very least, really push the pace. And they have it. They've really relied the
0: past few games on the bottom six coming through. So it's exactly where my feeling is right now with this team. I don't like the whole rest thing. And I alluded to that yesterday on Twitter where it just feels like that part of the conversation has become too much of the focus of the conversation yeah. rather than looking at reasons as to why the Canucks haven't had as much success. And again, 500 not a terrible record over the last 10 games, but they haven't been quite as good. Now, 10 games in 17 days, all the travel they did, you can live with a 5 and 5 record, but you'd much rather at least be 6 and 4, especially after losing to the San Jose Sharks to close out that 10 game stretch. Everything I look through, yeah, you can look at some of the different metrics, but the bottom six hasn't really been the problem. Nils Hoaglander scoring the third line. Whoever's centering Dakota Joshua and Connor Garland, they at least seem to spend more time in the offensive zone than not, which you'll take that from one of your bottom six lines. And they've occasionally been able to pot in the goal, which we saw Friday against Seattle. So those are all good things. The Miller line as a matchup line, They've been about 500, about even with their goals for percentage at five on five. So what's the difference with this team? Elias Patterson on the ice for five goals for and 11 against. Yeah, they don't have a top line right now, and you're five and five without a top line. You know, you can either have the glass have full look at it and be like, well, you know, that's that's pretty good. You you held your head above water while your top guy wasn't leading the team or you can take the glass half empty pessimistic view and say well is something bothering patterson is he going to get his game back this is a, a really a red flag for me bottom line is elias patterson isn't leading that top line the way that he was early in the year it bears out in the numbers and most of all it bears out in his defensive metrics which very rarely has elias patterson let get away from him in his career yeah and When you look
1: at the Andre Kuzmenko thing, which we'll get to, but a lot of it comes down to not doing the things the coach wants, Mm -hmm. whether it's defensively, but also how you handle the puck offensively, puck management decisions too, oftentimes. And when you're not producing at the level you were producing before, you can't be making too many mistakes. And that line is making way too many mistakes. And that's been, to your point... The biggest issue for me with their five on five play because you can still pick up some points on the power play and you can still help the team overall, but just don't cost them. And we know the bad line change against Seattle that's something you can very much control. That's not even injury related. That's, you know, are you feeling a little low in confidence? Are you pushing too much and getting fatigued? you just have to really rein it in a bit more and i think that's something that peterson is capable of doing. so when it comes to the reasons for the Canucks being 5 and 5 the last 10 games and and it's not all Pederson because it comes down to the overall team as well. some some of these performances have been performances have been uneven. They had a really bad one in Calgary. The the second half of that Leafs game was bad. Yep. The third period at home against Seattle was bad. So they've had some like bad moments in those games too. But they've also had some games where it's like okay, you know, For the most part, they were pretty good, but a few things you can clean up here and there and and whatever. But they're still kind of maturing to me towards becoming the team they want to be. And I think the reality is, as much as they got off to that great start and they exhibited these great traits and characteristics, it takes a time for those things to really become second nature. Yeah. And you can get off to this hot start and everyone feels good, but then the fatigue comes in. You're playing a lot of games in a short period of time. Guys are going through injuries are you still able to be disciplined? Are you still able to do those things, kind of become second nature for you? And they don't have enough reps. That's something has spoke about today in terms of you know Kuzmenko and other guys, but you need more reps. And the more reps you have playing the right way, quote unquote, the more it's gonna get ingrained. And that's why when you look at teams and how they forge identities, it usually takes until the game 40 mark, 50 mark. Yeah. If you get it and then you get it by that point and then hopefully the final 20 30 games you're kind of like really just driving hard towards the finish line and and finishing strong. And that's what I'm what I envision happening for this team. That's my hope with what yeah. happens for this team. But because they got off to this great start, to me these these 5 on 5 stretches, these these poor performances, I think they were to be expected. It was how do you get through it? And how do you not let this be worse than the, yeah. the, this can't. This has to be your floor to me in terms of like there can't be like this trap door opening up another hole yes. in the basement. Like you can't be like okay, well we we actually have a three and seven stretch. We have a two and eight stretch. Don't be that team. If if you can have a five on five and five stretch here and there, that's fine. But how do you grow past it? And I think if they can hone th- those things in, because I think Patterson will be fine at some point. He's not
0: going to be like this entire season. It's. Uh... It is troubling that his his five-on-five five game has dropped off a little bit. You know, the, the offense hasn't been there either at five-on-five. Five. Uh, he's really not scored all that much at five-on-five five recently. So it's... It really is indicative of the slump that he's currently in. Now, he still has 28 points on the season. Uh, he did get an assist on Saturday against the San Jose Sharks. But we all know that there is more there that he can give. But... For this is a floor for the Vancouver Canucks. It's not bad, but I I, I want to highlight this because you know the the whole rest thing. It's like every team goes through it. I mean, San Jose was playing fourth their fourth game in six nights. I know they had less travel. And yeah. There's certainly other factors, so it's not as it's not as black and white as that. But like every team has to go through these stretches, and this is kind of what talk it's saying is. You have to find ways to fight through it. Playoff teams don't do this. They find ways to fight through it. They find ways to win ugly. Whatever that may look like, that is what this team is still trying to get better at. You know, we've seen them have some good periods, some good games, but it's been inconsistent lately, hence the 500 record. And they're still looking for that next level of professionalism. While they've banked all these points and have essentially assured themselves of going to the playoffs at this point. So now you're really looking at. I mean, it seems crazy already, but you're looking at the, the, the next three quarters of the season as how do you hone in on what you want to be and fine tune that towards the playoffs? Because they've already essentially booked their postseason ticket with how they have well they've played through this first quarter. And that's, that's what I'm looking at, and that's what I'm critiquing as we go through these stretches is, okay, coach is clearly not happy with the way that you're playing. How are you continuing to get better? That's what I look at with this team right now. Um, by the way, 9.85 PDO during this uh, 10-game stretch. So, it's, so. Uh, it's, it's normalizing a little bit? Yeah. They still lead the league, but it's not a big <laughs> gap anymore. It's not as big a gap. But uh, it, it, just to keep an eye on all of the statistics that people uh, want to remember, um andre kuzmenko uh we're gonna get to the monday menu in a bit and i uh, bet you can all imagine where andre kuzmenko is but um the first scratch was understandable the second scratch was as much a product of the win in seattle i guess as anything else but it was surprising for me at least we talked about this on the pregame saturday I wonder if it's the rare wrong move by Tockett. We'll have to see how it plays out here. But there is a wonder of how this relationship between Rick Tockett and Andre Kuzmenko is developing here. Well, it's fair when the guy sits
1: out two games. And However, the one thing I will say, and I've been mentioning this for a while now, what we're seeing from Kuzmenko is no different than what we saw last year. The coach was harping on these same things last season. Yes. And he's, I think, Kuzmenko, to his credit, he's, I think he's done better in a lot of aspects of it, but the, the bar is higher, the expectations are higher, and the coach said, we're not a 500 team, and you're not just picking up points for a 500 team, we're trying to be a winning team that goes into the playoffs, and what you need to do for, to be able to play in the postseason, and that relates to him individually. And I, think, I don't think it's unfair for it, right? But it's one of those things where you sit a guy out twice, and then you lose against San Jose, and you lose by a goal. It's fair to people to point the finger and ask, did you make the right decision? I thought it was fine for Kuzmenko to sit out one game. Yeah. Now, after that game in Seattle where they played so well, it was tough to figure out who deserved to come out of the lineup because you couldn't point to one player and say he deserves to come out of the lineup. But you still said, hey, I mean, do you still want to sit him out or not? And ultimately, they coached did. it. It didn't work out. So it's fair to ask, had you played Kuzmenko, and he would have played with a bit more fire to yeah. him probably because he sat a game out. Could he have scored a goal? Could he have impacted the game in a way where maybe you win that game? It's a fair question to ask, right? So in terms of... Kuzmenko, uh, the coach, making a mistake. Now that you lost, it's easy to say, yeah, you yes. made a mistake. Had you won, nobody's saying anything, and we're all curious to see what happens Tuesday with Kuzmenko. In terms of how he's going to fit with the coach, to me, I'm not concerned about it over the next like two or three months. My bigger concern would be if we get to the end of the season mm-hmm. and it's, this isn't working, then there's going to have to be a change of scenery because the player... The team's not going to extend him. Yeah. And then you're probably better off making a move in the offseason. But personally, I, like, I don't think we're at a stage where that's an issue yet. Because I don't see anything different from Kuzmenko in, in terms of like, oh, this guy's like not being serious. He's not doing like, he's not taking a step back. He just hasn't
0: fully embraced or understood what the coach expects out of him. Um, let's hear from the coach. Here's uh, what he said he'd like to see more of from Andre Kuzmenko.
2: Well, I mean, it's a twofold, right? I mean, you guys bring up the pass, you know, yeah, 27%, I don't know what a shooting percentage is, outrageous, um, 500 hockey team. Like, you know, you, you got to, the way we want to play a fast style, you know, Kuzi's got to skate. You know, you got you, you to gotta be a middle drive. I think that's what playoff teams do. Um, you know, you can, you know, I've been in this league a lot to know. You know, you can kind of hide. Now, I'm not saying Kuzi's hiding, but teams can hide, and some guys can get points here and there but you're never going to win. So uh, for Koozie, he's got to make sure that he just does the little things a little bit more now. Uh, I still want him to – he's got a one-on-one chance. He wants to do a spinorama. I hope he does. Like, those are the stuff, but I can't have him – it's not a koozie, it's the whole team. You can't do a spinorama with three people around you and we're changing. That puck's got to go deep. Those are the things that, that we all have to make each other accountable about.
0: So there is uh, Rick Tockett stating some of uh, the uh, things we've already known about Andre Kuzmenko and some of the things in his game that uh, the coach might not love. Getting pucks deep, um, all of the cliches. But there's one thing that kind of stood out quite a bit because on a couple of the questions about Kuzmenko, he mentioned it uh, on both occasions, Uh, he wants him to be more of a middle drive guy. And... You know, I think a lot of what Tockett is critiquing about Kuzmenko's game is, uh, you know, positionally, but also skating, working hard enough to get to the hard areas of the ice, winning a wall battle. But the middle drive guy is essentially, it it seems to me like Tocket's saying... He hangs out on the perimeter when we need him to drive to the net and what? be that guy in through the middle of the ice when the puck's either on the, the half wall or wherever it may be. As you gain the offensive zone, there's one guy we need that's driving to the front of the net, and he's maybe not recognizing when he needs to be that guy. I think
1: it's that. You're right. And also even defensively, too, where you know he mentions the rail, but also a lot of that comes down to how you play in the middle. Yeah. And he'll just kind of hang around the perimeter too much. And when you make those types of mistakes it can be pretty brutal and I know people looked at that mistake by Ian Cole the giveaway you mm-hmm. know the blind pass over the weekend and it's like well that pass the reason he's making that pass is he's expecting somebody to be there whether it's Kuzmenko whether it's Mikheyev he expects one of those guys to be He there. wants
0: somebody to be on the rail
1: and that's that's the expectation and if you're playing in unison he's making that pass I was like oh look at that great no look pass and to that player look, look at these guys look at the chemistry they have and it's easy to point at Cole and say it's his fault and yeah he turned the puck over but the expectation is the guy's gonna be there and they're not. And that's I think the biggest frustration with the coach. And those are playing to your staples. It's like you have to be in the middle, you have to protect the middle at all costs. Yeah. So if you don't protect protect the middle, then that becomes a big sticking point with the coach, right? So I think those are the types of things, both offensively and defensively, that they want to see more out of him. But I think also the simple thing he mentions don't make a spin in the neutral zone, we gotta dump it in. Just just get that puck in and go change. Yeah. And sometimes he'll make something, the puck won't get deep, he can't get off for a change. And those things, again, come down to non-negotiables, the staples. We make good decisions. We dump the puck in and get off for a change. We have clean line changes. And when there are a couple of things that are part of your staples, and the coach brought up staples too, that you're not you know, meeting and you're not yeah. producing, it's hard to overlook those things. And it comes down to credibility too a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's the, the, the sticking point. Because people are wondering, well, why won't Bevilier sit? Like, why don't you sit Garland even? And that's what people are texting in. And it's like, sure, but those guys aren't making the same transgressions. Yes. You know, and when you're not producing as many goals, you, you're you're doing the uh, forbidden transgressions. At some point, the coach makes a stand. Uh,
0: credit to, to Garland. You know, he's been able to keep the the puck out of uh, the Canucks net when he's been on, on the ice. He hasn't had a ton of scoring value this year but you know they've that line has played when garland's on the ice the canucks have played more often in the offensive zone and um part of that is because he plays to talk at staples well and he probably knows a lot of those staples from their time together in arizona all of this is part and parcel with trying to get kuzmenko on the same page talk had scored over 400 goals in the national hockey league guy knows you go through slumps Even as a goal scorer, he, as much as anybody knows, you're going to go through the odd slump or two. And currently, Kuzmenko is on a goal-scoring slump. However, that doesn't mean you can fade away from the things that help us win as a team. And Kuzmenko is being made an example of for the rest of the team right now as the guy who hasn't been doing that lately. Uh, All right. It's Monday, so let's get to it. The Monday menu here on Canuck Central. Ah yes, we start on the main course with the Monday menu. Who's hot with this Vancouver Canucks squad? It's hard to look too far past Brock Besser right now. Sat leading the league, well, joint top leading scorer with 15 goals this year. Don't
1: caveat it, man. Like this poor guy. Like how much love <laughs> can he get? We were I'm talking just trying to be show. factual. I'm like trying to be, you know. We you know? talked talk before the show. It's like, hey, Brock Besser, and, and it's he's barely a topic in the show, and he's like leading the league as a goal scorer. Like, at what point do we give this guy well, respect? Right like, now, at what point do we give him respect? I'm just
0: saying, only him and Nikita Kucherov have been given a Michelin star when it comes to goal scoring this year. I'm just saying, like, this guy has 15 goals, and and we can be overly critical
1: of this guy. <laughs> sure, the guy has 15 goals in 22 games. Yes, it's very good. He's, he's been that's excellent. Why, that's why he's in the main course.
0: Sat just didn't like that I, I corrected myself by saying he's the joint top-league It's like top It's scorer. like, because there's
1: always a yeah, but with Brock Besser. Yeah, but. Yeah, but, like, he's not fast. Hey, I, well, I didn't mean it as a yeah, no, but.
0: I'm you just, saying, you happen to take it that way.
1: Maybe I am being sensitive about this. <laughs> and and I'm not even sitting here saying extend Brock Besser or anything, but I do think at some point, like, instead of, you know, nitpicking his game and talking about, you know, how does he look? How is he doing? It's like, the guy's lean the league in goal scoring. Mm-hmm. You know, for all the talk around Quinn Hughes, all the talk around JT Miller, Elias Patterson, Thatcher Demko, this man is a leading goal scorer right now.
0: Yes. And it doesn't seem like there is much buzz around him at all. So uh, all I'm I'm, I'm hearing around this is uh, the Canucks could have a Norris winner, a Hart Trophy winner, a Vesna winner, a Selke (laughs) winner, and the Rocket Richard winner all in the same season. It would be pretty incredible. No, it would be.
1: (laughs) But now I don't know if it's going to... Here's the thing. I don't believe all that's going to happen. Yes. But it's more about, you know, every time somebody on this team has done something really spectacular so far this year, like they've been getting all these accolades and all this attention and like adoration. And it's like, yeah, Brock just got 15 goals. (laughs) But he scored on the power play. He missed a bunch of chances. It's like,
0: hey, this is—he's—he's uh, he's on the main course now uh, as uh, a yeah. player who is at hot right now for the Vancouver Canucks. As is Nils Hoglander, who after Saturday's game dropped down the standings and most efficient goal scorer at five-on-five five in the National Hockey League. Uh, only Alex DeBrinket and Trevor Moore have a higher goals per sixty than Nils Hoglander. So uh, he is delivering. Yeah, right n- now. Nils is scoring. Like Uh, somebody
1: texted in, both are upping their
0: trade value. (laughs) Uh, Also on the main course, the top three teams in the Pacific Division. This one kind of self-explanatory. They are uh, the three best restaurants on the Pacific side of the National Hockey League. The Vegas Golden Knights, Los Angeles Kings, and Vancouver Canucks running away with the top three spots in the Pacific Division through the first quarter of the National Hockey League season. Uh, Simmering right now. I've chosen to to have the simmering section be uh, defined in multiple ways and right now Rick Tockett is simmering that quote he gave to uh, IMac today was pretty great uh, well we haven't been good for the last seven seven or so games I wasn't going to be quiet very long
1: it's <laughs> a great quote
0: yeah. So he, he was essentially asked why he's been a little bit more critical of the team uh, since Saturday. I wasn't going to be quiet very long with the way we've been playing. So for all those people texting in that we we were too critical of Elias Pettersson or whatever we were talking about, the coach feels he needs to be very critical of his team right now and the way they've played over the last seven games. He is simmering with how this team is playing. They He's need, literally simmering. Yes, yes. They, they, they need to calm him down a little bit. Uh Connor McDavid's finally found his game a little bit. He is also simmering. 9 points in the last 2 games. Yeah, so much for
1: him looking average.
0: Yeah, Edmonton's winning
1: again. So would you take him to finish this the league, finish the season as the league's leading point scorer? <sighs> I mean, yes. I might take the odds on that. <laughs> Like how? Often I don't you think get?
0: you're getting great odds on it. That's the you're crazy probably not thing.
1: getting great odds on it. But but right now he's 13th. He has 25 points. He's 10 back of Kucherov.
0: Yeah, so. he can make up that gap. That's crazy. He's made up nine of them. I mean, <laughs>
1: no, Kucherov had a six-point game. Too he recently. was
0: like uh, before this two-game stretch. He was like 68th or something in league scoring, and now he's 13th. So nine points in two games makes a world of difference. Uh, returning to the kitchen, Andre Kuzmenko. Second time he's in this uh, category here on the Monday menu. And uh, a new uh, menu item is returning to the kitchen.
1: Yeah, this one's harsh. Elias Patterson, Keith and Qualikin
0: is not going to be happy. Elias Patterson is cold right now. I thought it was harsh. You think it's harsh? I think it's harsh. The guy has 28 points. Return to kitchen? I think it's it's harsh.
1: It's a weekly assessment, Sat. I still think it's harsh power rankings hey we expect more from him fair <laughs> enough a return to kitchen is harsh it's yes. a weekly
0: assessment yeah. over the last week he's not been very good
1: I don't know I, I feel like that's pretty harsh this is the, the spark he needs don't worry <laughs> <laughs> this will get him going <laughs> yeah. Shirley, bulletin
0: board material he's looking at the graphic on Instagram and Twitter and be like what does return to kitchen mean <laughs>
1: You're cold right now, Elias. Yeah, well, uh, this one texted and Phil D has been very cold. Sorry to say, Phil D Giuseppe
0: didn't make the list. I uh, I briefly had him on the list, but then uh, decided to not have him there.
1: I mean, the guy who might get healthy scratched, he doesn't make it. But then Elias Patterson does. Yes, this is uh, tough. Tough
0: Italian bias. Yeah, it, Tent- it, might, it anti- might be a little Sweden bit of it. Might be a little bit of von bias. I, I mean, C
1: likes texted in and asked, uh, "Why did Dan uh, turn his back on PDG? Because you mentioned he, how he should come out of the lineup, but clearly he's still defending
0: him." Uh, my account was hacked. Uh, just kidding. Uh, Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Don Taylor's next on Canuck Central.
1: Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Vancouver sports fans. Halford and Bruff in the morning. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.